Chapter seventy seven of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Try to get up a society and get sick. After two days in bed at home, I was so much better that when Mrs. Ingersoll came with a plan for organizing a society to furnish the army with female nurses, I went to see Mrs. Lincoln about it. She was willing to cooperate and I went to Secretary Stanton, who heard me and replied, You must know that Mrs. Barlow and Mrs. Ingersoll and you are not fair representatives of your sex, and went on to explain the embarrassment of the Surgeon General from the thousands of women pressing their services upon the government and the various political influences brought to bear on behalf of applicants and of the well-grounded opposition of surgeons to the presence of women in hospitals on account of their general unfitness. General Scott, as a personal friend of Miss Dix, had appointed her to the place she held, and it was so convenient and respectful to refer people to her that the War Department would not interfere with the arrangement. In other words, she was a breakwater against which feminine sympathies could dash and splash without submerging the hospital service. After what I had seen among the women who had succeeded in getting in, I had not much to say. A society might prescribe a dress, but might be no more successful than Miss Dix in making selections of those who should wear it. I asked the secretary how it came that no better provision had been made for our wounded after the Battle of the Wilderness, and tears sprang to his eyes as he replied, we did not know where they were. We had made every arrangement at the points designated by General Grant, but he changed his plans and did not notify us. The whole army was cut off from its base of supplies and must be sustained. As soon as we knew the emergency, we did everything in our power, but all our preparations were lost. Everything had to be done over again. You cannot regret the suffering more than I, but it was impossible for me to prevent it. I never saw him so earnest, so sorrowful, so deeply moved. That effort seemed to be the straw which broke the camel's back, and I was so ill as to demand medical attendance. For this I sent to Campbell. Dr. Kelly came, but his fort was surgery, and my case was left with Dr. True, who had had longer practice in medicine. They both decided that I had been inoculated with gangrene while dressing wounds, and for some weeks I continued to sink. I began to think my illness fatal, and asked the doctor, who said, Now I have been thinking I ought to tell you that if you have any unsettled business you should attend to it. I had a feeling of being generally distributed over the bed, of being a mass of pulp without any central force, but I had had a letter that day from my daughter who was with her father and grandmother in Swissvale, and wanted to come to me, and the thought came, does God mean to make my child an orphan, that others may receive their children by my death? Then I had a strange sensation of a muster, a gathering of scattered life-force, and when it all came together it made a protest. I signed to the doctor who put his ear to my lips, and I said, Dr. True, I shall live to be a hundred and twenty years old. He took up the lamp, threw the light on my face, and peered anxiously into it, and I looked straight into his eyes and said, I will. He laughed and set down the lamp, saying, Then you must get over this. You must get me over it. Bring Dr. Kelly. 
next morning i had them carry me into a larger room where the morning sun shone on me and ten days after started for pennsylvania where i spent three weeks with my old swissvale neighbors colonel hawkins and william s haven when i returned to washington i found an official document a recommendation from the quartermaster-general of my dismissal for absence without leave it was addressed to secretary stanton who had written on the outside respectfully referred to mrs wishelm by edwin m stanton i went back to work and learned that mrs general barlow had died of typhoid fever in washington no man died more directly for the government thousands who fell on the battlefield exhibited less courage and devotion to that service and did less to secure its success i know not where her body lies but wherever it does no decoration day should pass in which her memory is not crowned with immortelles she died at a time when my life was despaired of and when mrs ingersoll wrote to a main paper of my illness adding i hope the lord will not take her away until he has made another like her she told me afterwards that just then she held the world at a grudge and it must have been relieved of my presence long ere this if i had not found in homeopathy relief from pain which for eight months made life a burden and for which the best old-school physicians proposed no cure End of chapter seventy seven